The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. Uh, I want to get into the Word this morning, excited to do so. And I want to move quickly through it because I do want to be sensitive. I, I was told that it's probably going to start getting wet around noon or so. I don't know if that's true or not. Somebody's phone said it was snowing right now, right? Uh, said, yeah, it's not snowing. Right? Anyway, so we'll, we'll, we'll move through the word here, and I want to expect great things. I don't want to move so fast that we miss the point, but I do want to move in a way that's really efficient. So here's a few things that we're going to find as we get into the scripture here. If you're taking notes, you can jot these things down. One... We're going to find out Jesus's, that's kind of a weird way to say that, right? Jesus's testimony. I think it would be uh, less a tongue twister if you said the testimony of Jesus, you know, the, the, his testimony. We're going to find out Jesus's testimony. Another thing that we're going to find is what always brings success. I like scriptures like this because when you take a scripture like this and you receive it as direction and you begin to apply it to your life, we ought to expect the results that are, are promised. Uh, there's a number of things in my life where I want to see success, where there's been challenges or there's been a difficulty or setback, and you want to see success prevail in those situations. And so this is a passage of scripture that'd be really great to apply there. Uh, a third thing that we're going to find, excuse me, is how to live our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I love that concept and idea, and I think that depending on your, your church history, your church background, Maybe how you see the scripture uh, uh, written out, you might have a different interpretation of what that would even look like. And I can just tell you, the sky's the limit. When you're talking about the power of God active in and through your life, there are no limitations. It's the reason why Jesus could say something like, all things are possible, right? So I like to, to take passages of scripture like that and make sure that we focus on them with that perspective. Because... I do know that we face a number of challenges in our lives, that we have uh, people around us that are going through difficult times, that there are a, a number of ways where we want to see the power of God released, and we ought to expect that we are the catalyst for his power to be released into this world. Uh, so I want to get into the word here. I told you we're going to find out Jesus' testimony. I want to start with that. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Revelation. We're going to look at uh, chapter 19, verse 10. Now, it might be a little bit of a, a bait to say Jesus' testimony, but when we read the scripture, you'll understand why I said that. Revelation 19, verse 10. You can go all the way to the back, almost to the maps. If you get to the maps, you went too far. Revelation 19, 10. Here's how it reads. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Really amazing scripture. I mean, when you consider it's just this short little statement, but yet it's containing in, in a few words something that is identified as the entire testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, you could take that and you could think of it as Jesus' testimony, as in like his life story, and I think it would apply. I think that's fantastic. You could also take it and you could say, you know, the testimony that Jesus brings, so his words, what he speaks. Maybe his testimony is in his example, you know, the, the, the actions he performs how he lives his life, the choices and the decisions that he makes. The reality is the answer it could be any one of those things, and I think it's all of them combined. I think his testimony could be applied from any one of those perspectives, and it would be accurate with that statement. The testimony of Jesus Christ 
is the spirit of prophecy. So I have to stop here and pause, and I begin to ponder, well, what does that mean? I mean, it's obviously a big deal. I mean, it's the whole life of Jesus Christ summed up in this one descriptive word. It's the, it's the prophecy. It's the spirit of prophecy, the, the concept of prophecy, the idea of prophecy, the driving force behind uh, this wonderful thing that God has, has blessed us with, which, by the way, sets Christianity and Judeo-Christian faith apart from all other religions. I mean, I would say false religions. And it's the, the power of prophecy. People have asked before, why are you a believer? Well, I'm not a believer because I grew up in America and I'm white or my mom and dad were Christians. And that's all true. I mean, but that's not why I'm a believer. I'm a believer because I can see the truth in the scripture. And the way you see the truth in the scripture is through the wonder and the power of prophecy that you've had uh, things foretold and then they come to pass with tremendous accuracy. It's a wonderful piece of evidence that the faith that stirs inside of you is genuine and real. It's tremendously encouraging that we're not all just kind of sitting around hoping we signed up for the right club, but rather there is a ton of evidence out there when you look at world history and you see the things written out in the scripture that bear witness that everything that you see and everything that you believe in Christianity is real. So when I consider that and I look at this passage of scripture saying that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, I have to begin to ask myself, well then, what is that? What does that mean to me and how do I apply that to my life? Well, I want to know what prophecy is. I want to know what it means. I want to know uh, how to define it. And I want to give you a definition that I use in my life. I'm not telling you you'll find this in the dictionary. But when we've talked about prophecy in the past, I've offered this definition because I believe it to be true, and I believe it to be pretty simple. And I like simple. I need simple, honestly. If things get too complicated, I, I can lose track real quick. So a simple definition, it's one that I've applied in my life, and I believe it to be a really great definition, of the concept of prophecy, to reveal the will or message of God. To reveal the will or message of God. So when I referred to prophecy being evidence that Christianity is, is true, that Judeo-Christian faith is, is founded upon things that can be proven, you can look to history, what you had was a prophet would write down the will of God or the message of God and then it would come to pass. It would be proclaimed and then it would happen. So the prophet was revealing God's will, revealing his plan, revealing what he was going to do before it came to pass so that when it came to pass, one, the people of God could be prepared. Two, it could testify that God is who he says he is and that his power is real and genuine. It's a really wonderful thing to consider. So now I look at this and I think more deeply about what does it mean for the testimony of Jesus to be the spirit of prophecy? Well, based on what we've just shared here, it means the life of Jesus Christ is all about revealing the will or the message of God. It's a wonderful way that I can be like my king. I mean, I can devote my life to saying that's what I want. I want the words that I speak. I want the things that I do to reveal to this world God's will and his message. I would like for someone to be able to say the testimony of Preston Humphreys is the spirit of prophecy. I don't think that that passage of scripture is exclusive to Jesus. I think that passage of scripture is describing the one that's called to be our example and we're meant to follow after. Our lives are meant to be uh, the spirit of prophecy, lived out. And I'll show you in the scripture where I believe this. I'll give you a few passages for your notes. 
You've got to see that this prophecy is a way of life for Jesus. And when you see his life recorded through the Gospels, there's a lot of evidence of this. I'm going to give you a few passages. I'm going to read through them really quick. So you might write down the addresses. Just let me read, and then we'll, we'll make our point. So John 5.30. John chapter 5, verse 30. Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own initiative, but as I hear, I do. I don't speak on my own will but I speak from the will of him who sent me. That basically means Jesus is saying, I don't say what I want to say. I want to reveal the word of God. I want to reveal the will of God. Remember that definition of prophecy, to reveal the will or the message of God. You see it throughout the Gospels. John 8, 28 says, I do nothing from my own initiative, but I speak the things as the Father teaches me. John 12, 49, I don't speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me the word to speak. John 14, 10, the words that I say, I don't speak on my own initiative, but the Father who is abiding in me, he does these works. It's the spirit of prophecy. The whole life and ministry of Jesus Christ is set as an example to us that we're called to follow after, that we're called to imitate, that we're called to mirror for the purpose of revealing to this world the will and the message of God through our lives, our words, our actions, our attitudes. I want to look up the word initiative. You know, I want to pull that from the dictionary because when I hear Jesus say, I do nothing from my own initiative, I think that's an interesting word to use. I don't know that I've used that in my everyday vernacular anytime recently, right? It's an interesting word. I wouldn't say that I'm not familiar with it at all because when I read it, I don't think, hmm, I don't know what that means. But I can tell you that I'm not familiar enough with it to say, I think I understand what it means to have initiative. So when you go to the dictionary and you look up the word initiative, here's what it means by definition. Energy or ability displayed in taking action. Energy or ability, not just energy or ability, but energy or ability that's been released. It's on display. There's action that has been taken. And so when you see Jesus saying these things, what you're hearing him say is, I'm not using my own energy or my own ability, but I'm using the energy and the ability of God. It's the reason why the Holy Spirit would have to come upon him and remain upon him, because he's just like you and me. It's the same reason why we need the Holy Spirit active and, and present in and through our lives. So that we cannot do things on our own initiative because my initiative is limited. My initiative is corrupt. My initiative is flawed. My initiative is stained. My initiative has all kinds of issues that all have to be cleaned up and redeemed by the blood of Jesus. It's the reason why I have to be washed to be clean. Because without that washing, I'm dirty. Jesus has brought this wonderful thing into my life in holiness and in purity and all of the things that he brings through faith in him. And he also has made a way for the energy and the ability of God to be present in my life, to be the initiative that I can work with and the initiative that I can release, the initiative that I can bring into the situations and the circumstances that I face and deal with. I can bring God's ability, I can bring God's energy into the actions that I perform. And so can you. So here's a, a couple of passages of scripture here because I think it's important for us to, to come into an awareness of what all God has done and the reasons behind it. I mean, I like being able to connect the dots and understand why things are the way they are. 
And when you read the gospel with this mentality and this understanding, you begin to see this is something really incredible that God ordained that he did on purpose and that he did for me. Here's a passage of scripture for you. This is meant to inspire and encourage. And you've got to remember that Jesus is speaking the truth every time he's speaking. So when he says things like nothing is impossible for you, he's not just trying to, you know, pump you up. It's not a pep rally. He's imparting this truth to set you free from all fear and anxiety to know that no matter what things look like or feel like or sound like, it's not impossible. Uh, John 14.12 is the, the scripture I want to give you. John 14.12, it reads like this. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes, now that means put, puts trust in, he who puts trust in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than, he's, than these will he do, because I go to the Father. Now, he's revealing what's going to happen. He's revealing what it is that he's talking about as he goes through and continues to speak on this matter. He talks about going to the Father in order to send the Holy Spirit. To send the Holy Spirit to be in you and you and you and you and you and you and me and you 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 and you. That's the reason why he can say greater works. He doesn't say more impressive works. Greater in number, greater in volume. Instead of one who is anointed with the Holy Spirit walking through the Middle East, there will be many all over the world that will be empowered by the Holy Ghost to have the ability and the energy of the Almighty God released through their lives, the words and the actions that they perform, not on their own initiative, but God's initiative. It's the life that we're called to. I want to give you a passage of Scripture again from the Gospel of John 16. I want to read verses 13 through 15. And Jesus is speaking, he says, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own initiative, that sounds interesting, right? But whatever he hears, he'll speak. He'll disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, now that's Jesus talking, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All the things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say, he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Man, that's a mouthful. Let me just tell you what was just said there. There is a pipeline of initiative, heavenly initiative. It starts with God the Father. He reveals his will to the Son. His Son reveals the will of God to the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost reveals the will of God to you, which shouldn't stop there, but then is revealed through the spirit of prophecy to the world. Yeah. It's a heavenly pipeline of initiative. Remember that definition, energy or the ability to, to do these things that we're called to do, displayed through taking action. I want to take these passages of Scripture and, and not just, you know, be aware of them or have my Bible IQ go up a notch. I want to take these and I want to pray them into my life. Father, I believe that I'm called to not have my own initiative, which is limited affecting my choices, my words, my attitudes, my actions, but I believe I'm to have a heavenly initiative, your very own initiative. I believe that you've revealed it to your son, who's revealed it to your spirit, who's revealed it to me, and now it's meant to be revealed to this world. Let me come into alignment and let me come into agreement with all of this wonderful truth that I wouldn't cut off from the world all that it desperately needs by operating in my own initiative, but that I might surrender mine and take yours. And this is why a, a passage of scripture like this could be 
read, and it's, it's, it's true, wall-to-wall true. I'll give you a passage here from Romans, Romans 8, 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Think about that. I love that it describes those that are being led by the Holy Spirit as not just being Christians, but the sons of God, meaning they have his DNA, they look like him. To be spirit-led is to be led in the direction of speaking the words that the Father speaks and doing the things that the Father does. To be spirit-led is to lay down your own initiative and to take on the initiative of the Most High God, just like Jesus. As God reveals to the Son, the Son reveals to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit reveals to you, and we reveal to the world. I want for everyone in this room to be positioned to have it said of their life, the testimony of those at Champions Church is the spirit of prophecy. They lay down their initiative and they pursue actively, God, what is your will, what is your message so that I can reveal that to this situation? And I can stop adding to the chaos and stop being part of the problem and start bringing the solution, your solution, that which is effective and real and powerful. Let my life not be a facade. Let there be something genuine. That's going to mean me laying down all of me and taking on all of you. And here's why it's so important that we we see this and we apply it. I mean, because this is where victory lies. This is where something real takes place. To reveal the will, to reveal the message of God is to reveal victory into anything that we face or deal with. I told you before we're going to find what always brings success. You'll find it in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11. What always brings success, Isaiah 55 11. Here's how it reads. Now it's God speaking and here's what he says. He's talking about when he speaks. He says, so will my word, when it leaves my mouth, it won't return empty. It won't return without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding, there's that word, in the matter for which I sent it. That's why we need to be attentive to his will and his message. That's why our lives need to be defined as being the spirit of prophecy because we can bring into this world that initiative, the initiative of our Heavenly Father, the energy of our Heavenly Father, the ability of our Heavenly Father that can be on display through the actions that we take to see to it that what is released that will not fail but will always succeed is put into position to do just that. I want that to be my life. And then it begins to make sense when you think about such a powerful thing being imparted to you, a powerful thing being imparted to me. It begins to make sense why there's such an attempt to corrupt that, why there's such an attempt to distract from it. I've sat around before realizing the power of the blood of Jesus. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I've been redeemed. My sins are pardoned and forgiven, past, present, and future. Why would the devil even have any interest in tampering with my life at all? Except to keep me from revealing the will or the message of God. To distract me. To bring a feeling of inferiority or or some shame or, or to disrupt what God has established to be the catalyst for the power of the kingdom of heaven to be released into the earth. 
It's the reason why we need to stand. It's the reason why we need to resist any of those corruptions and any of those activities that would distract from that. We're God's solution to all the world's problems. That's why I say I want to stop adding to them. I want to start seeing them resolved. I want my life to be just like Jesus. I want to be the spirit of prophecy. I want my words, my attitudes, my actions to reveal God's will, his message. I want it to be his initiative, his energy, his ability. And then there's something great that results from this. I'm going to move quickly through this, but I think this is really important. I think it's how we, we live and how we choose and how we decide and how we, we execute the things that become so normal and common that we begin to lose sight that they have weight and importance. I think it's how we handle those things. We might call it the little things that makes the big difference. I want to read a, a couple of passages of Scripture, and I want to read them with the, the mentality of confession. Confession in the sense that these are things that I know, but I don't know that I do. These are passages of Scripture that maybe I'm aware of, but I've never truly implemented them. Think about something as powerful as this, that the disciples would ask Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? And he would do that, and I'm thinking, do I really pay attention to that? Do I even ask myself, what was it that he was saying when he was teaching people how to pray? This is one of the things that he said when he's teaching people how to pray. This is Jesus, the Savior, the Anointed One, the Holy One, the spotless Lamb of God. And here's how he prays, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. We don't talk like that, right? So that sounds kind of weird. You've got you to get the phrase right in your head so that it sticks in your mind and your heart and it doesn't become just empty poetry. Lead me not into temptation is not how we talk. What's being prayed here is, is protect me from falling into temptation. Lead me away from it. If you're leading not into it, you're leading away from it. Lead me away from temptation. Show me how to get away from that nonsense so that I don't waste this wonderful gift that you've blessed me with to bring all of the power and the authority of heaven into this earth so that I don't get distracted and squander this wonderful thing over there. Spinning my wheels over nothing. Lead me away from that. It's, it's vain. It's empty. It's a waste. It's destructive. I need to start praying that. I think if Jesus taught us to pray that, I think that's something that should be in our prayers. What a wonderful thing to consider. God, lead me away from temptation. Here's another passage here. As he's giving instructions, it concerns watching and praying. Remember, we're not to be led by our own initiative, but we're to take on the initiative of our Heavenly Father. It's coming from the Father to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to you, and into the world. Here's an instruction as it concerns praying. Keep watching and praying so that you may not enter into temptation, because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is repeated in Mark, Mark 14, 38, Luke 22, 40, Luke 22, 46. These are all things that are, have a common thread. Keep watching and praying, mean don't stop. You want to know something? One of the worst things that ever happened to me in my Christianity was becoming a pastor. I was given a duty and a responsibility, and all of a sudden, 
It was like things became a, a punch list and a checklist and, and the, the, some of the passion and the fire that was once there that was so zealous for the kingdom of God became routine and habitual. It's terrible. I look at things like this and I think that's really where it's at. Keep watching and praying. Don't lose that fire. Don't arrive in your own eyes. That is a dangerous game to play. But keep pushing. And here's why you should keep watching and keep praying. Because we don't want to squander that initiative, right? I don't want to waste my life, which has the ability to reveal the message and the will of God, which always brings success. I don't want to waste it by being drawn into nonsense. So I want to keep watching and keep praying. And here's why. Because God knows what he's doing. Put that on a bumper sticker. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Listen to this. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to. That's why I want to watch and why I want to pray. That's why I need to return to that, that zeal and that passion to have fellowship with him because he has my best interest in mind. He knows what to do, and he is very willing to reveal that to me. And then the result is this. I mean, this is a wonderful thing that that uh, you can stand upon as it concerns anything that would distract you from living a godly life. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation has overtaken you but that which is common to man. And God is faithful and he won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. Most of the time, the way of escape is through the body of Christ. Through, through the, the fellowship that we have right here with one another, the, the love and the grace and the, the, the sacrificial uh, willingness to bear one another's burdens, to lead each other through garbage and nonsense, opens up a door, a safe place to grow and mature where we don't come together and hide the things that are dark and shameful, but rather we expose them to light for the purpose of making it become light. We want to reveal the will of God. We want to reveal his mercy, his grace, his love, his perfection. So you might think, well, this is taking a little bit of a weird turn. We were talking about the, the testimony of Jesus Christ, the spirit of prophecy, and now here we are talking about you know, handling temptation. I think how we handle temptation is very important in how we live our life as Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. In fact, I think the more that we commit to living like Jesus, seeing our lives reveal the will, reveal the message of God, the more victory we see over all the corruption that's in the world. I want to give you a, a, an area of scripture. You can take it down for your notes. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 is this amazing piece of history that I'm so glad is in the Bible. You ever just read something and think, I feel, I feel better about myself now knowing that that is in the scripture. In this piece of history here, you have Jesus. Jesus has had this wonderful breakthrough. Have you ever felt just really affirmed? Like maybe you went somewhere and you were awarded or somewhat acknowledged an achievement and, and just really, you know, it, it, it pumped you up. It, it put some wind in your sails. And I don't mean you got a big head and got arrogant. I just mean it feels good to get noticed, right? You work hard, you do things, and, and somebody acknowledges that achievement. Well, here's Jesus, and, and he's 
you know, living his life, he goes to a church service, and in this church service, he's identified as having this wonderful call. John the Baptist looks up and says, Behold, and by the way, it wasn't a whisper. It wasn't like, Hey, guys, that's the Lamb of God. It was announced. It's like, Behold, everybody's listening to John. All eyes are on John. He points at Jesus and says, There he is. That's the Christ. Behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. And then, as if that wasn't enough to be affirmed by this really, you know, famous guy, this guy's a celebrity. Wow, that feels good. And so then you get called down to the front. Hey, come on, come to the front. Well, okay, if you want me to, I'll come down. And then you go into the water, and oh, and then you're, you know, you're, you're baptized. And, and even there, there's affirmation, you know, where John says, I, I shouldn't baptize you, you should baptize me. And Jesus says, no, it needs to happen this way, you know. All this affirmation, all this great stuff. And then the heavens open, and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove and stays on Jesus. I mean, this is a great church service, right? Pretty affirming. And then the service is over. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Goodbye. And once the service is over, this is what happens in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, I want to read verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from there and was led around by the Holy Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. Why would he be led around tempted by the devil after having the Holy Spirit come upon his life to try to get him to waste this wonderful, powerful gift? That's the reason why there's still temptation in my life and your life, to try to corrupt and distract and disrupt this wonderful, powerful gift. You are now equipped with the ability of God to take the power of the kingdom of God into every situation and every circumstance that this world faces. You reveal, you are the carrier of his will and his message. The spirit of prophecy defines your life. I just always thought that was funny. I would have thought that, you know, hey, before all that happens, let's try to tempt that guy. Because once that happens, you know, show's over, right? But no, that makes more sense with my life. I don't think the devil gave a flip about me when I was living for him. And now that I'm not, I think he would love to distract. I think he would love to disrupt. I think he would love to lead for days and days and days with temptation upon temptation upon temptation just to distract from that spirit of prophecy that's meant to define my life. So I want to read that again, and we're going to keep you know, going through this. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Will you say full of the Holy Spirit? That's very important that you note that. That wonderful church service, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. He's full of the Holy Spirit, and then all of a sudden the devil starts tempting him. And he defeats the devil. With all of these temptations, now make a note of how he does it. It's very important. First time the devil says, hey, you're hungry. Take these stones, make them bread. He quotes, you won't live on bread alone. That's what the word says. Every time he defeats the devil, he quotes scripture. Well, we take that and we can turn it into some kind of religious discipline. You should memorize scripture. You know what he's doing? He's revealing the will or the message of God. That's what he's doing. He's revealing the will or the message of God. That is how he's defeating temptation with this prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, the call and the anointing upon his life to lay down his initiative. His initiative is I'm hungry. And right now it's about you know, 15 minutes after 11. You're probably getting hungry too. 
His initiative is, is satisfying his appetites and satisfying the things that would, would be defined as, as lusts or desires. But the initiative of God is that which brings victory. And in this case, he's bringing the will and the message of God to every temptation, and it destroys every one of those temptations thrown his way. God wins. Or maybe I should say it like we read it earlier. That thing which God's word was sent to accomplish did not return without bringing success. I want to start speaking God's word into the temptations in my life. I want to live the spirit of prophecy. Father, fill me up with your word. Give me a passion to return to your word, not just so that I can memorize scripture, but so that I can be equipped with everything I need to reveal your will and reveal your message in the face of temptation and see success. That's how Jesus did it. And then this passage of scripture, and I love this passage of scripture because it makes me feel better. Remember, there's no record of the devil tempting Jesus until he's full of the Holy Spirit. Now, read this. After Jesus overcomes these temptations by revealing the will, revealing the message of God, living that life that is the, the, the testimony of Jesus Christ, the spirit of prophecy. Then you have Luke 4.13. When the devil had finished every temptation. I think I have every circled in my Bible. Because we only see three there, right? There was a lot more going on for 40 days. A lot more than those three that you read about. When the devil had finished every temptation, he left. Only to wait for an opportune time. You know, that's a really dark passage of scripture to have as a favorite. But it does make me feel better about my life to know that I'm a high value target. I'm anointed with the power of the kingdom of God and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. And that the temptation to, to, to cause me to stumble or to distract is present because I'm so valuable. It's not because I'm a sleazeball or because I'm a, a, a junkie or because I'm a, a freak show. It's because I'm important. So are you. I want to handle the things in this world with power and authority. And it's going to mean revealing the will and the message of God. It's going to mean operating in his initiative, the energy and the ability. And the idea that, that Satan waits for an opportune time should make us all feel better about the times where we face or deal with temptation. You're not facing or dealing with temptation because you're a loser. You're facing or dealing with temptation because you're a winner. And he's looking to trip you up. And he's just waiting. He's got nothing better to do than wait. Why would he want to trip you up? Why would he want us to fail in this area? Because this is a point of transformation in our lives. This is where it becomes more than head knowledge and understanding, but it becomes application. It becomes action. Remember that word initiative? That word initiative is defined as energy. That's an action word. Ability. That's an action word. Displayed. That's an action word. Taking. That's an action word. Action. That's a... Yeah. And here's what happens when we do that. When our lives begin to be defined as the testimony of Jesus Christ, the same that spirit of prophecy where I live to reveal the message of God. I live to reveal the will of God into every circumstance in this world. Something changes in me. Do you remember what we read in Luke 4, verse 1? Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. 
right? When Jesus has accomplished all that he needs to accomplish in dealing with these temptations, something happens. You get all the way down to Luke chapter 4, verse 14. He goes into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. He prophesies and reveals God's will and God's message to every temptation. And then when he comes out of the wilderness in Luke 4.14, here's how it reads. Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. What an amazing difference. I go into this temptation full of the Holy Ghost, but it's when I begin to apply that spirit of prophecy. It's when I begin to apply the initiative of the Holy Ghost through my life that I'm actually walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I spent much of my Christianity satisfied with the idea that I was a spirit-filled believer, but you know what? I want to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not enough that I be full of the Holy Spirit. I want it to affect my life. I want him to be revealed through my words and actions because they're no longer my words and actions, but they're his. As the Father speaks to the Son, speaks to the Holy Spirit, speaks to my heart, so I speak to the world. That's what I want. I want it to be said of me, the testimony of Preston Humphreys is the spirit of prophecy. I want that for you too. I think that's how we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. I told you I'd get you out of here before it gets wet out there. There's something about a message like this that I, I feel in my heart. Every time we come together, I love getting into the Word. I hope that you can see a zeal and a passion, that it's something that I enjoy. Then there are times where you know this is like a, a, a mile marker. This is, this is an event. It's not just a sermon to check off a, you know, a calendar day, you know, hey, we've got a Sunday and we've got to preach, Right? I want something really impactful to take place here. I would love if 10 years from now we're all like, hey, do you remember one of those Sundays in 2024 when you talked about the spirit of prophecy? Boy, we've never been the same since then. And the way we function together, the way we move as a church, the way that I feel and I think and I operate, it was changed that day. And it's not because of the eloquence of a message, it's because of the power of the word. So I want us to take that word and I want us to surrender to that power. And that's going to be my prayer is, God, don't let, don't let the word stay here when we leave. But let it go with us. Let it take root in our hearts and in our minds. Let it bring about a powerful change. We're not content just being spirit-filled believers, but we want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to live that life that is the spirit of prophecy. We want to reveal your will and your message in everything that we do and all that we are. We want to lay down our initiative, and we want to show this world yours. So I want to pray for you there where you're at. You're welcome to be in agreement. You're welcome to be uh, just in a state of receiving, however you choose. Father, we bless your name. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the direction and the counsel that you bring. We thank you for your love and your affection, your grace, your mercy. And all through the blood of Jesus, we come and we surrender to this word, receiving it as truth, and we ask, will you let it have a permanent and powerful effect on our lives? Let it be in such a way that we would look back years from now and remember something happened that day.
Let our lives be described just like Jesus. That our testimony would be the spirit of prophecy. Let there be an appetite formed in each one of us to come to know in new, deeper, and greater ways your will and your message. And let our mouths be surrendered to speak your word, to reveal it to this world. Let our hands and our feet be committed to bringing your actions into this world, just like Jesus. And let us prophesy to every one of the world's issues, every one of the world's problems. Let us prophesy to every one of Satan's temptations. Let us do just like our king and reveal your will, reveal your message, and let the result be the success that your word promises to bring. And let that success bring you honor and glory, that we truly would be led by your spirit, as your spirit is led by our King Jesus, and as our King Jesus is led by you, our Heavenly Father. Let us come into that place, that position, to receive your initiative in and through our lives, and let it be released to this world for your glory. We give you thanks and we praise your name. We rejoice in the wonders of this powerful promise. Let the effects be tangible. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. All the saints declared, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at champschurch.com.